This week we're going to, uh, to start a series. And the name of the series is A New Command. A New Command. And uh, I don't know if you know it or not, but we live in a world filled with hate. I mean, unfortunately, that, that is the world that we live in. I mean, we just had an election. And we see people on both sides, and, and, they, and, and there's so much hatred and, and so much uh, contempt and so much malice toward others. And as we begin to, to look at that, we think, so as Christians, what do we do? What do we do? Because it is easy to get pulled into the pattern that if we disagree with someone, that we can't be friends. That if we disagree with someone or we have a different opinion about an issue or, or, or that, okay, we just shut them off. And the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing one another in love. So as Christians, when we begin to look at this, we say lowliness, gentleness, long-suffering, Bearing one another in love. How many know that there's people in this world that need you to show them love? There are people that we come in contact with every day who are struggling with the fact, not just that if God loves them, but struggling with the fact that no one loves them. That no one cares about them because they see so much hatred in this world and here's what ends up happening the bible tells us in matthew chapter 24 verse 10 and then many will be offended will betray one another and will hate one another when we look at this passage of scripture found in matthew when we look at the word offended or offense what that truly means is, is to put a snare, to set a trap. And back in those days, they would, they would set a trap for an animal. And it's the same sense of the word. And what would happen is, is when that animal would walk into the trap, it would close around them, and the life of the animal would be squeezed out. And what is happening in society today is people have become offended. And when they become offended, the life begins to be squeezed out of them. They feel like that they, they can't go on. And it slowly begins to kill them. They begin to, to close themselves off from others. You may be sitting here today and you may say, yes, I was offended. I was hurt. And since that point, I've just went in the corner and sat. I've just become my own person. I've just, I don't worry about anything else because I've been offended. And, and your life is slowly being taken from you. You may not even realize it. You may not even know it. It's happening so slowly. But that happens. And then what happens is, is it says we will betray one another. In other words, we turn on others. And then finally, it says we'll hate one another. We'll have no grace for others. We become the type of person that just 
immediately has no tolerance for anyone we hate. But Jesus said it's not supposed to be that way. Jesus has told us and showed us all throughout his life. In John chapter 13, verse 34, and this is the the verse for our series. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. Jesus tells us here, he says, this is a, a new command. This is what I'm telling you. You, you know about the Ten Commandments that, that were given back on Mount Sinai. He said, but this is a new command that I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. In John chapter 8, verse 23, he tells us this. And then he said to them, you are from beneath, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. So Jesus is telling us here that he's supernatural. And the type of love that he has for us is a supernatural love. It's not a love that can be explained in earthly terms. When you look at everything that Jesus did and everything that that Jesus went through, we will quickly say he was a supernatural kind of person. Because that kind of love is not natural. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 17 says that you being rooted and grounded in love. Verse 18 says, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That you may be able to comprehend the fullness of God. In order for us to fulfill loving others as He has loved us, we must completely and fully understand How He loves us. And so for the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at the last part of that verse that says to love others. First, we're going to be talking about loving the lost. How many people know that there are people in this world that you come in contact with every day who are lost and who need the realization that God loves them and the realization that God has a better life for them? So we're going to talk about that because so, so many times we can get in our own little world and we can pass people every day who need the salvation message and never extend it to them. Secondly, we're going to talk about loving the least, those who are less fortunate. We do that around here just as we were talking about our outreach. That is important. It is important to to love the least. Also, we're going to talk about loving our neighbor. We're going to figure out what it really means to be a neighbor and what Christ is saying there. And lastly, we're going to talk about loving our enemies. Be sure and be here for that one. Loving our enemies. That may be the, one of the most difficult things that we face. Loving those who 
hate us. But we're going to, to dive into that. But before we can do any of this, before that we can learn to, to love the lost, love the least, love our neighbor, or love our enemies, we must understand the kind of love that Christ has for us. So this morning, I want to take a few minutes and try to, to unpack what it, kind of love. I want to talk about His great love. His great love. The first thing that we want to, to look at this morning is the breadth of His love. His love is a reconciling love. You ever had someone do something to you and you forgive them? Anybody ever forgave anybody? Awesome. Three of you. Sometimes forgiving is hard, but we can do that, but when it comes to, to reconciling, it's so much more difficult. It is so much more difficult to let that person back in, to keep them in your heart. You can say, I forgive you, but I'm done with you. I forgive you, but I'm finished. But that's not the kind of love that Jesus showed us and to the people around him. When we look at the story of when Peter denied Jesus right before his death, when he was in the courtyard and, and uh, the little girl said, do you know him? He's like, no, I don't know him. Three times, I don't know him, I don't know him. So here Peter is, the one that has walked with Jesus, the one that has, has watched him go through all of this, the one that Jesus has told everything that's going to happen, but yet Peter denies him. Peter lets him down. But we continue reading in the gospel. And we see that at, at, at the point where they come and, and Jesus has come out of the tomb. He looks at them and he says, go tell the disciples and Peter. Go tell the disciples and Peter. At this moment, Jesus wasn't just saying, I know that Peter denied me. I forgive him. But at this point, I don't really care whether he knows where I am or not. At this point, his chance with me is over. I believe here Jesus was saying, you tell Peter that even though he denied me, I still love him. Even though he turned his back on me, I still love him. Even though he may have disappointed me, I still love him. Jesus was making room in his heart for Peter. He didn't just forgive him. And can I tell you that the kind of love that God has for us is a reconciling love. It's a love that says, you know what? We all mess up. The Bible tells us we all sin and we all fall short of what He has for us. We all miss the mark. But not only does He forgive us, He doesn't just forgive us and say, I'm done with you. He makes room for us in His heart. God doesn't just write us off. 2 Corinthians 5, 
19 says that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. If I had to, and I've said it a couple of times, reconciling, a definition of that is making room in, the, in your heart for others. No matter where you are this morning, no matter what mistakes you have made, God still loves you. That's the kind of love that He has for you and He has for me. It's a reconciling love. It's a love that says, I forgive you. I still want a relationship with you. I still want that communion with you. I still want you to know that you're mine. I still want you to know that we're friends. And there is nothing any better than if you've had a a friendship that has went south. You've had a friendship that, that some things have went wrong. That moment that you reconcile that friendship, you'll never feel anything else ever like it. Because it's a, it is a point that says, I know we were close. And I know we had some differences. I know that, that maybe I let you down and, and maybe you let me down. But at this moment, at this point, right now, I'm reconciling. We're reconciling. I'm making room for you in my heart. And as good as that feels with earthly relationships... I could promise you that at that moment when you finally understand and finally are able to be reconciled to Christ, there's nothing that will ever, ever match that moment. He loves us with a reconciling love. Secondly, the length of His love. How many people know that He loves us and His love for us is a determined love? Have you ever heard someone make the statement, they went to great lengths to make this happen? In other words, they were so determined that whatever it was, they were going to to see that happen or to see it through, to achieve that, that moment, that they went to great lengths. Anything that it would take, they were determined for that to happen. That's the kind of love that he has for us. That's the kind of love that he has for us. The Bible tells us in John chapter 13, verse 4 and 5, that he rose from supper and laid aside his garments. He took a towel and girded himself. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Look what Jesus did here. Jesus laid aside something. It says that he laid aside his garments... He laid them aside, and he picked up something else. He picked up a towel. He girded himself. Here he is sitting there with people who he knew would betray him. People that he knew would deny him. People who he knew were going to write him off. But he was determined to show them his love. 
I mean, at one point in the story, Peter even looked at him and said, I'm not going to let you wash my feet. And Jesus said, oh, yes, you are. If you don't let me wash your feet, then you have no part with me. Here is Peter, Jesus knowing, has already told him, or going to tell him that he's going to deny him. And Peter says, you're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus said, yes, I am. I'm determined to show you the love that I have for you. Can you imagine how that that night must have played over and over in their mind? How that image of of how that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords took off his garments, picked up a towel, got down on his hands and knees and washed their feet. He was willing to, to lay aside his garment. To lay aside something, to pick something else up, to show them His love. But you know what? Not only did He do that on that night, not only did He do that on that night, but there's another point in time that He laid aside His deity He laid aside the fact he was the Son of God. He laid aside that fact and he took on the cross. The Bible tells us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It was a determined love. As he was in the garden that night praying, he said, I understand that this is going to be hard. And God, if there's, Father, if there's any other way, let this pass from me. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. In other words, nevertheless, I'm determined to do whatever it is to show this world how much that I love them. So not only is his love reconciling, but it's also determined. It's determined. He is determined for you to know. That He loves you. He is determined for you to know that He died on the cross for your sin. God loves you this morning. Thirdly, the depth of His love. His love is an understanding love. John chapter 13 verse 7 says this, Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. He said, What I'm getting ready to do, washing your feet, it makes no sense to you. But there's going to come a time that you're going to understand. You're going to understand the love that I have for you. The love that I have for you goes so much deeper than just me washing your feet. I'm going to die for you. He said, you're going to be able to understand that. You see, Jesus was always very aware of the people that surrounded him. He had a supernatural way of of knowing what they were going through and what they were dealing with. In Luke chapter 8, We see a story of a woman with the issue of blood and 
There's people crowding all around. And, and she touched the hem of his garment. Jesus knew. He knew what people were going through. What they were dealing with. What they were suffering from. And he loved them and he showed them understanding. They were probably not worthy of that. But he said, I understand what you're facing. I understand what you're going through. I understand what you're up against. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17, Therefore in all things he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. And in Psalms 103, verse 14, For He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Here are three verses out of many that says that Christ went through what He went through so that He could understand what we go through. It says in all ways He was tempted. In all ways He suffered. He knows what you're dealing with. You think you may be, you you may think nobody understands, nobody cares, nobody can, can understand what I'm going through, but I can tell you He does. The people around you, they may not be able to comprehend what you're going through. There are some times that that things happen in people's lives and the very last thing that I will ever tell them is I understand what you're going through. Because in all actuality, I, I don't know what's going on inside of them. I don't know what they're truly struggling with. I don't know the depth of that hurt. But He does. He does. And you may be sitting here this morning, you think nobody understands what I'm going through, what I'm dealing with. Can I tell you that you're not alone? The love that Christ has for you is an understanding love. He understands. When nobody else can or nobody else does, He understands. You're not alone. He walks with you. He will talk with you. He will allow you to know that you are His own. He knows your name. He understands your hurts. He understands your struggles. The trials that you're going through. And so if you're here this morning and you say nobody understands, there's one who does. He understands. Lastly, the height of His love. The height of His love. His love is an influential love. It's an influential love. His love will lift us up. Have you ever had a a, a situation where you just needed someone to speak positive into your life? You needed someone to influence you? You felt down. You felt out. Can I tell you that His love lifts us up? 
His love takes us to new heights, to new levels. John chapter 15, verse 15 says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my Father, I have made it known to you. His love took us from being a servant to being called His friend. His love raises our sense of worth. If you can think about how that servants must have felt back in those days. They felt like that that they were just hired and paid to do a job. They were just there. They probably didn't have a relationship with their master. They didn't have a, a relationship with the person they were working for. But Jesus says, I don't call you servants. I call you friends. And if we could ever grasp that He loves us unconditionally, that His love for us is a never-ending, no-strings-attached kind of love, it'll give new meaning to our life. When we realize that His love for us changes everything, it changes everything. When you're feeling down and you're feeling out and someone comes and, and says, you know, I just want you to know that I love you, it changes your day. It changes your day. And the same thing happens when you begin to realize God's love for you. When we begin to realize that He would actually leave the 99 just for us. When you begin to realize that you are important to Him. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 through 6 says this, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. His love will lift you up. In John chapter 5, we read a story about a man who had been paralyzed. He had laid there for 38 years. 38 years he had laid by this pool. For 38 years, he probably had felt worthless and useless because he could do nothing on his own. And then there came a moment when Jesus transformed his life. He was feeling useless. He was feeling worthless. And Jesus could have just passed him by. Jesus could have just walked right by him. But Jesus knew the power and the influence that he could have in this man's life. 
that he could be laying there, rendered useless, worthless to society, but that in one moment, with Jesus showing us, showing him his love, his life was changed forever. He looked at him and said, Take up your mat and walk. Can you imagine? Just by Jesus speaking into his life, by Jesus taking the time, by Jesus using his influence, showing him his love, he was given his life back. Just like that man. You may be here this morning, and you may be... You may feel useless. You may feel worthless. You may feel like that you have no purpose for living. You may feel like this man that laid, who had nothing in life to look forward to. That may be you. But can I tell you that if you will grasp the love that Christ has for you. If you will begin to understand and to take a hold of the love that He has given us and showed us, it will lift you up. It will change your life forever. I have no doubt there are people here this morning that you are suffering you are suffering just like this man. You've come in here this morning and you feel like that you have no purpose for living. You feel like that you've been left behind. This morning I want you to know you have a purpose. You have a reason. Accepting Christ's love. Allowing him to, to speak. You see, when Jesus looked at that man, he said, take up your, your mat and walk. What would have happened if he had said no? What if it would have happened if he had just laid there? He said, I know what you're saying. I understand what's available to me. But I don't believe it. No, what did he have to do? He had to take hold of of what Jesus was speaking into his life. And right now, God's speaking. Right now, God is speaking into your life and he says, I love you. I love you. And you have a decision to make. That decision is, are you going to take hold of the love that He has for you? Are you going to take hold of the fact that He gave up everything for you? Or are you going to hear it? Say, I know what you're saying. I don't believe it. Before we can ever love others the way that God has called us to love them, 
we have to understand how much he loves us. And we have to receive that love. Listen. You ever had someone try to give you something? And you didn't feel worthy to receive it? And so you fought it. You said, nah, I, don't, I don't really, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not worthy of that. There's been times I've went into someone's called and said, I've got a computer problem. Maybe I'll walk in and push a button or turn it off and turn it back on. I'm there like five minutes and they'll want to pay me $100 or something just and I look at that and I say no I don't you know I'm not worthy of that I don't deserve that listen we do not deserve his love you don't I don't no one does We don't deserve it. But he still gives it. It's still available to us. And I could walk away from that $100 bill. And then get down the road and think, what did I do that for? That was $100. You know what $100 will do? God's extending his love to you. Don't leave it in his hand. Take hold of it. Accept it. He loves you. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I am struggling, believing that God loves me. That God loves me. I'm having a hard time grasping or understanding that. I mean, He knows what I've done. He knows the mistakes I've made. He knows how I've done my own thing for so long. That's you this morning. I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand. I've had a hard time. Thank you. I've had a hard time. I have a hard time. Thank you. Listen, God loves you so much. That this morning, he brought you here to hear about his love. That's how much he loves you. And the way I want to close this service, 
I want us all to take a few moments just to receive his love. Just to crawl into his lap. Let him wrap his arms around us. And whisper into our ear. Whisper to our hearts. Child, I love you. As a father, there is nothing that brings me any more joy than when my daughter would just want to come and sit on my lap. Allow me to hold her, to tell her how much I love her. And I want to give you the opportunity to do that with a heavenly Father that loves us so much more than we can ever love our children. He loves us with a supernatural love. So if you're here this morning, I'm going to ask you just to stand to your feet. And I've asked Rebecca and, and the music team just for a few moments. However you feel comfortable, take this opportunity to receive His love for you. Don't leave here not receiving His love. You may be been walking in this Christian life for 50 years listen you could have been married for 50 years but you still need to tell your spouse and show your spouse how much you love them so no matter where you are this morning God wants to reassure you that he loves you receive it as they sing